Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wounded. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. Ah, I see you are ready to talk about black gold. Yes, Texas tea. The uh, technology of oil drilling. So first you get your shotgun, and then you go hunting for some food. And up from the ground comes a bubbling crude. You know, there are more efficient ways to drill for oil than... I don't know. That's pretty efficient. <laughs> you just have to, have to be insanely lucky. Uh, no, that is actually not the way one normally looks for oil or drills for oil. Um, and the process does involve quite a bit of technology. Some of it is fairly simple tech when you look at it from, you know, as far as a, a sophistication standpoint. Uh, but uh, uh, without it, we wouldn't be able to get to oil the way we do. Our, our society would be completely different. We, yes. We certainly wouldn't be podcasting right now. No. Uh, too much of our technology is based off of oil or is powered by stuff that 
gets its power ultimately through oil. Yes. So, um, and of course, it's been in the news a lot lately. And yeah, uh, as we've been reading through some of the articles on HowStuffWorks.com, which I encourage you to do so, especially since Jonathan put all that time into updating some of those. Yeah. Um, we we were looking at the technology and thinking, yeah, this is kind of interesting as a topic that we haven't talked about. I mean, it's, it's kind of off our normal beaten path, but uh, yeah, it's, some it, of it's pretty amazing how they've they they can find oil and then uh, you know the fact that they can even go down as far as they did for the Deepwater Horizon right well that, that was pretty phenomenal create the well itself even though there are problems we could talk about some of the, the equipment that they would use yeah so and we can talk that. about why why it was not just the fact that you know the, the the blowout was a huge problem with the Deepwater Horizon but also why it's a problem that uh, like why couldn't they fix that as opposed to being able to fix it on in other situations sure. we'll get into that and, sure um, once we get under pressure. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, so starting off, let's talk about how you would find oil before you even start drilling. Right. Um, now, in the olden days, way back when uh, people were first starting to drill for oil, you pretty much had to look around and really observe the, the geographic features of the region you were in. Mm-hmm. And really, you needed the help of a geologist, someone who was uh, who, who was learned in the ways of things like rock formations, uh, it, just the the kinds of rocks that were in the region, because you needed to look for specific sort of of rocks and soil that would be indicative that there at least is the potential for oil to be present. Right. Well, you still need geologists. Oh, yeah. You de- they're definitely a very important part of, of finding oil. It's just that now they have more tools at their disposal than just their eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true because they're using uh, – they basically look for changes in the Earth's gravitational field Yeah. Uh, that can indicate – that there's oil nearby. That's that's one of the methods. Yeah, really, what they're what they're trying to do is they're looking for oil flows. Now, when I say looking, obviously they can't see the oil because it's it's underground or well, underwater. Well, at least not in most cases. Yeah, if you can see the oil, like, you really don't need your geologist there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean there there are things like you know oil sands when it's true. a lot that more obvious that there is oil present, but in those cases you can't. You know, just slurp it up. There's a lot of work to be done, and we're not, we didn't really, at least I didn't prepare for that particular topic. But yeah, and in those cases, you can actually see that there's petroleum. And I'm, I would imagine, um, just a guess, you could probably smell it too. Right. Um, actually, they, uh, geologists might use sniffers. Really? Which are, uh, Electronic sensors that can detect the presence of oil, uh, so they could they could smell for it. They could use the gravitational sensors that the Platt was talking about. They could also use uh, uh, magnetic sensors to mm-hmm. detect changes in the Earth's magnetic field, which would be the result of oil flowing sometimes uh, several thousand feet below the the surface of the Earth. Yeah, um, and then. Uh, one of the most common ways is they create uh, vibrations in the earth and then listen for the uh, – it's kind of like an echo. You're listening for the reflection of the, the vibration you've sent into the earth to detect what kind of rock is beneath you. Mm-hmm. So you, you're you essentially thumping the earth and listening to hear what kind of – yeah, you're, it's like when you pick up a melon and you thump it to see if it's ripe to eat. Except in this case, you're thumping the earth to see if there's any oil down there. 
And uh, and when I say thumping, sometimes it, literally they are thumping the earth, except they're doing it with a massive truck. Yes, a thumper truck. A thumper truck, yes. I think um, I had one of those drive down my street the other day. Yeah, uh, I actually call them flower. And they tell me that he can call me flower if he wants to. Oh. It's a thumper truck. Yeah, anyway, that's, so that's a skunk. That's true. Thumper right. was a rabbit. That's true. Uh, well, I screw up my own joke. You know what? That's okay. Uh, <laughs> well, somebody will write in. So someone, yeah, someone will write I'm in. Like, just... listen, I'm a Bambi enthusiast, and let me tell you. So anyway, uh, oh dear, the thumper. Th- oh, nice. The. <laughs> The thumper truck has these big heavy plates that they they will raise and lower against the ground. They mm-hmm. hit the ground really hard. And then you have microphones, very sensitive microphones, set up around the area, around the region to detect the vibrations. And based upon the quality of those vibrations, you can tell whether or not there's oil flowing underneath the, the, the surface. Um, there's also uh, – well, they could also use explosives to do the same thing. Well, so you yeah. could dig a hole and put some explosives in or – in the case of if you're uh, if you're trying to search for oil in the water, you may throw explosives over the side of the boat. Um, not recommended. And there are other ways to to get the same effect. Well, there's the uh, compressed air gun. Yes, which is much use. safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can use a compressed air gun. You fire compressed air at the the ground, and that creates the the vibration you need to. You know, then you listen to hear if there's the the correct frequency that would indicate that there's oil beneath the ground. Yeah, and actually, uh, I sort of. Sort of misspoke when I said that we really haven't uh, talked about this kind of thing before because oil has made a uh, a cameo appearance in another recent podcast, Autotune, because some of oh, the right, right. the uh, audio technology that they use. That's what got, the, uh, yeah. The founder of Autotune originally was a geologist who worked on this kind of technology. Yep, and that that uh, technology evolved and got used for uh, the sound correcting uh, gizmo that we all know and. A lot of people don't love. Right. So if you've listened so. to Autotune, the news' version of uh, Double Rainbow, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal, by the way, you two are experiencing the joy of the technology that can help you find oil. Okay. In a really twisted way. So, But say they find oil. All right. They found oil. Now, th- now comes the point where they have to start drilling down so they can get to the oil. Okay. Uh, and drilling is a, a, a very involved process. The first thing they have to do, they have to, assuming that it's land based, they've got to clear the land, mm-hmm. and they have to level it off so that they can build an oil rig uh, to to start drilling. Um, they have to have water in the drilling yeah. process. Actually, water is very important. Uh, they use water to mix with dirt to create mud. Yes. They use the mud to help pump, or really to push uh, the the. The rock that gets broken up as the drill is drilling down into the earth. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, you, they essentially are pumping mud down into the hole to help clear the rock out of the way as the drill drills down. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to have a water supply. So either you need water nearby, or if there's not any water, you need to drill a water well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to have water to to, uh, to for this process. The 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 water based rigs don't have this problem. Now, there's there's usually quite a lot of water in the offshore drilling yes. process. But um, on land, the uh, the crew does need to dig a reserve pit, yes. which they use to uh, dig, get rid of the, the rock cuttings and some of the mud. Um, they line it with plastic 
you know, in an attempt to protect the environment. Right. You don't uh, want somewhat. anything leaching into the, the water supply of the local area. And also, if, if it's a certain area, certain protected areas, the they aren't even allowed to do the reserve pit. They have to actually truck all the rock that they dig up off-site. Right. Um, but in most cases, they'll just they'll bit dig this reserve pit, and that's where they they're they're putting all the waste rock essentially. Mm-hmm. They also need to build a cellar. Yeah. Apparently, to store the wine. That's exactly why they need to do that. <laughs> um, no, that's I'm kidding. that's I'm kidding. providing the the foundation of where the rig's going to go. Right. Uh, so once they've got the preparations out of the way, they start to put together the rig. They, they ship in all the stuff and they start mm-hmm. assembling it. Uh, the rig's power supply is all, well, diesel engines provide the power. Mm-hmm. Uh, they provide power to electrical generators, which in turn provide electrical power to the, the mechanical systems on the rig. The uh, the rig itself, you, you most people are familiar with the really tall tower that you can see yeah. on oil rigs, the like, derrick. Right. Um, you might wonder why those towers are there. I mean, most of the time we see like the old movies where we'll see the the oil shooting out the top of the derrick, and you think, well, what's what the heck is the purpose of that thing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually there so that the oil workers can can assemble the pipe that is needed to continue to drive the drill bit down further and further into the hole. Because you know, as you make progress, the drill bit goes further down. You have to extend that 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 pipe mm-hmm. so the drill bit can keep going down. Well, the tower is there so that you can put another length of pipe on the end. And the, these lengths of pipe are about 30 feet long. Mm-hmm. Um, this is true both for the oil, for the oil, for the land-based and the water-based oil drilling. Right. Because uh, they'll they'll have to, and for the water-based one, actually, the pipe has to be even longer because first you have to get your drill bit all the way down to the, the ground. So mm-hmm. you have to get it through all the water first, and right. then you have to keep extending it. So the, uh, the the drill, of course, is based off rotation. There's right. a big turntable that is turned by an, a, uh, by the generators, the, the electric motors that are powered by the generators, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, that turns the, the, uh, the drill string mm-hmm. um, and the drill bit, which is at the very bottom of it. There's a, there's right. a collar above the drill bit. Mm-hmm. The collar is a thicker pipe that fits around the drill string. And it, uh, its purpose is to protect the drill bit. It's also to provide some pressure to push downward so that the drill bit is constantly uh, digging down, not just spinning mm-hmm. without anything happening there. Mm-hmm. And, and they line the, the well that they're dr- drilling with a, uh, a big pipe. Right to keep it from collapsing in on itself because it wouldn't do you any good to drill a hole if it you know if 200 feet down the the hole starts to collapse in on itself. That's right. So it's a it's a really involved process, really. Yep. I mean, it, it takes you know, a lot of manual labor to to get that going. And once the the drill bit is is dragging up the uh, or knocking out rock, that's when they start pumping the mud down to bring the, the bits of rock up, and they collect those off, and they put it in the, in the pit. Um, right. That, that is another function of the, uh, the casing, the yeah. liner that goes around, is that it, it does help the drilling mud to circulate right. while they are drilling and, and get uh, you know, the chips out and everything else that needs to come out, because uh, you know, the circulation system is responsible for, for getting the mud um, in, and it's, uh, you know, it helps move things in and out. It's very important that they've got it. It's made up of a number of, of different pieces. Of course, it's got a pump in it and hoses. Um, there is a specific line to get the mud out of the hole. 
Um, right. There's a shaker that gets the rock cuttings out of the mud so that I, uh, you know, they can recycle it because they do that. Um, they do that actually in the get this. This is the technical term mud pit. Yes, the mud pit. <laughs> they also they also occasionally have to mix new mud. Um, mm-hmm. You know, eventually they, they just. They have to add more, especially once the the hole's getting deeper and deeper. Um, the as they're digging down, they're, the, what the goal here is to get to the point where you you are just hitting the the pocket of oil that's underneath the surface. Right. You know, you're not the the again that image of the oil shooting up through the derrick. That's what we call a, a blowback, and that's not a good thing. Necessarily, it's actually a very dangerous thing. Yes, blow back or blow out. Blow out. Sorry, a blowout. And yeah, there's you don't want those. That's bad. No. The reason for those blowouts, by the way, is because that oil is also mixed with natural gas, and both the oil and the gas are under immense pressure mm-hmm. because you've got all this these layers of rock on top of them. Mm-hmm. So when you drill a hole into the pocket that has all the gas and oil in it, then you've got a release from that pressure. Right. And uh, the blowout can be very dangerous. In fact, that's what happened at Deepwater Horizons, where yes. the, the, there was a blowout which ended up causing... Um, Extensive damage. It ended up eventually sinking that rig, and it very tragically killed eleven of the workers on board that rig. Yes, um, the explosion did. Uh, and so you don't you don't want those blowouts, even though they're big dramatic moments in movies. You don't want to see that happen. Yeah, and in the movies, they make it look like it's uh, it's a lot of fun. They strike oil, and it comes gushing out the top of the derrick, and everybody you know throws their hat in the air and hoops Hoots and, and hollers. hollers yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And, and does a little prospector dance. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's course, not really the case. That and, and it's, you know, extremely toxic. It's not the kind of stuff that you want on your skin. No, no. So, you, so and in the environment. So the, the, they have blowout preventers mm-hmm. uh, as, they, as they're digging. Um, a blowout preventer is a pretty simple design. It's really just a clamp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's powered by very massive hydraulic system. Uh, that is extremely powerful. That uh, and it's at the very top of the the well, mm-hmm. it's the well cap, uh, where where that where it connects to the drilling equipment. And then that, that may seem like a misnomer because if you've been watching the coverage of the the Deepwater Horizon thing, you might say, no, no, the the blowout preventer is that thing sitting on the floor of the sea. You know, that's not no, that is at the top of the well because the well goes down into the ground from right. there. So right. yes, it is at the top of the well. Yeah, if it were on land, it would be right there at the surface of the ground, just mm-hmm. you know. Right, right at surface level, rather, um, as opposed to underneath the water. But, I mean, yeah, that's the top of the well. So uh, if, in the case of a blowout, what you normally would have happen, uh, either you would have a sensor that would indicate that something bad is happening and it would automatically uh, uh, activate the blowout preventer, mm-hmm. or you would use a manual system, like you would actually pull a lever or press a button to activate it, mm-hmm. and the clamp... Uh, closes in on the casing and seals it off. Yeah, it's got a hydraulic ram that just you know slams shut. Yeah, and uh, basically is supposed to cut off that flow. Unfortunately, in the case of the Deepwater Horizon, um, the blowout preventer malfunctioned. Right, and just never. It never activated. No, so there was no way to stop the the uh, gas and oil from uh, from essentially erupting from yeah. this well. Um, so. Normally, with the drilling process, again, you wouldn't drill to that point. You would drill to the point where you were detecting oil. You know, the, it was clear that oil was present. 
but you wouldn't keep going until it was just shooting out of the top of the dairy. No. Um, you would replace the rig with an oil production uh, uh, system. So you would actually deconstruct the rig and put in a new system there to to tap and collect the oil mm-hmm. and in, mm-hmm. in a very controlled manner because that you know that's going to be the the least dangerous way of collecting the oil. Um, Right, you don't want to puncture the uh, the ground, the the part, the strata of rock, right? Um, stratum of rock that uh, is holding the oil in until you're ready to collect it, because otherwise you're going to lose a lot of it, or there will be a blowout. So you want to have everything in place and ready to go until you, you know, finally uh, puncture that that uh, rock area, and then you can the yeah. oil will come up through the well. And the way the way they do that is once they've got they've reached the the well depth that they need to get to, they um, actually puncture holes in the the well casing at the very base of it and uh, and they use they they seal it off first and then what they do is that when they deconstruct the rig and they move it out of the way, mm-hmm. they bring in a pump. Right. And the pumps are those things that you see if you ever watch a, a movie set in like Texas or whatever and you see mm-hmm. those big metal things that are swiveling up and down, it looks like giant seesaw type things. Yeah. Those are the pumps. Right. And what the pumps do is they have a, a rod that goes down into the well um, that uh, pr- creates suction as it, as it moves up and down. And that's what allows them to draw oil out of the well in a controlled manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, – it's uh, occasionally the oil itself is is too heavy to pull up on its own. So what they'll do is they'll drill a second hole down and they'll pump steam into that that uh, oil pocket essentially, mm-hmm. so that they can pull the oil up out of the hole. Okay. Yeah. Now I w- we talked a little bit about Deepwater Horizon already. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to to add something else? Well, I was going to add um, that uh, the device i don't i didn't remember you saying that uh the device that they use to puncture um the the well and put it into production is the uh, perforating gun yes and uh they they lower that down there it's got a little explosive charge and uh basically they they perforate the casing and put a, a tube in there um and then use a packer to uh to form a seal around the outside of the tubing, and then theoretically the well is complete. Right, right. The tubing is is uh, the only way in and out of that well at that point. So, yeah. um, and then they have a Christmas tree. Yeah, they do. It's a that's that's a structure with lots of valves on it. It's actually mm-hmm. called a Christmas tree. Paulette was not not being. Uh, no, I wasn't being. He wasn't goofy. Well, he was a little time. a little goofy, but not that goofy. Yeah, it's actually a device with lots of valves at the top. Um, and uh, it's it's cemented in, yeah. and it's part of it. But anyway, that that's part of the control system to allow for the controlled extraction of oil. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Christmas tree. So it's Christmas all year round on the oil rig. In some ways, I suppose so. <laughs> so well, yeah, going back to the Deepwater Horizon issue. So the, right. th- these are if you're out in deep water, there are really only two major ways that you can um, you can drill for oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is to use a drill ship, which is pretty much what it sounds like. It's a big boat that happens to have a hole in the center of it. Somebody is going to write in. That it's a big a ship. ship. <laughs> okay, here's the definition of ship versus boat. There is no clear delineation. There is, there, you could say that a boat is small enough to fit on a ship, and a ship is big enough to hold a boat. But that is not – that's like what's a mountain versus a hill. Well, a hill's smaller than a mountain. That is not a good enough definition. 
All squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. So this boat has a hole in it, and uh, right in the right center, to Jonathan, and the drill extends down through the hole, and that's where they pump the the water and mud or whatever down into. It's it, it's just like the land based one, except you're on a boat, on a ship, yes, out at sea, sea ship, and uh, but otherwise you would have an oil rig on the top with a derrick and everything uh, uh, to extend the the pipe down to the sea floor bed, and then further down as you drill down into the the well. Uh, the other option is a semi-submersible uh, MODU, which is a mobile offshore drilling unit. Right. Um, that's what Deepwater Horizon was. It was a semi-submersible. And uh, they, those float on these big pontoons. They float out. They actually have a power system where you can pilot them out to the proper spot in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then you, use, you usually use anchors, uh, several anchors, to keep you in one specific spot on the ocean. And you use uh, a very sophisticated – this is actually where sophisticated uh, technology comes into play. There's a sophisticated computer system that measures the tension on each line mm-hmm. down to each anchor and then maintains the proper – tension to keep the semi-submersible in place. You know what that's called, right? What's that? Anchor management. I'm going to need some of that in a second. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think I just had an aneurysm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, there might be up to a dozen anchors to keep these things in place. Right. And then, again, you have a derrick on top of this uh, this uh, this semi-submersible vehicle and you drill down. Now, if you're in shallower water, you have a couple of other options. Um, there's a, a, a kind of a modu called a jack-up. Yes. Jack-up, what you do is it's, again, a semi-submersible kind of um, barge. You is it float. semi-submersible or is it, it floats on top, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it can have pontoons as well, but most of them are on barges. So, yeah, most of them do just float on the, the surface. Mm-hmm. Well, you would float it out to the right location. And again, this is where you're in shallow-ish water, like up to around 525 feet, which is still, you know, it's pretty deep, but shallow when you compare to deep water drilling. Um, when you get to where you want to go, you actually, it can extend legs down from the barge to the sea floor. Mm-hmm. So you, you create a, a tripod, essentially, a stand. Um, I think there's only three legs. Sometimes I guess there could be four. But you, uh, once you hit the seafloor, you then ex- keep continue extending the legs, which raises the barge out of the water. Mm-hmm. And you keep doing that till you get to the proper height. And, of course, you may have to extend one leg more than the other two because it's at a slightly different height on the seafloor. But um, you do this so that uh, the reason why you go above the, the waves is so that the, the motion of the ocean doesn't uh, interfere with your drilling activities. Now I'm going to be singing Rock Lobster all day long. Thanks. Yeah, well, um, there are a lot of ruins in Mesopotamia. Um, and then the other method is uh, just a submersible mm-hmm. mobile offshore drilling unit. And this, this, these are not used that often, but um, it's, a, it's a barge that actually sinks, kind of. It goes down to the seafloor. And then uh, they, the steel posts on the barge extend up. And then you build your drilling platform on the the posts. Mm-hmm. So you've got a barge sitting at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, and when I say bottom of the ocean, I'm talking like 30 to 35 feet. So it's not that deep, uh, right. comparatively speaking. Um, and then you've got the, the posts on the barge's deck. And you build the rig on top of the posts. So again, the rig is, is uh, suspended above the waterline. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why... 
one of the reasons, there are many reasons, why the Deepwater Horizon issue, this is the, the oil spill in the Gulf, in case you weren't aware that that was what the name of the, the right. actual semi-submersible was. Um, the, there are many reasons why this problem is very difficult to handle, and chief among them is just that it is at an incredible depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we're talking that the the wellhead itself is so far below the surface of the ocean that it's very difficult to get there. Right. Um, we don't really understand that much about the ocean at this depth because it's there. we have very limited means of getting down there and, and exploring. The pressure of, of the water at that point is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. So there are very few vehicles that we have that can safely navigate that, that depth. Um, yeah, it's not like divers can just hop in and, you know, Go down and work with it by hand. Yeah, just getting, for people. Just getting a look at it was was pretty complicated, um, especially considering that you know the explosion and fire were that you had to get that under control first. Uh, so, really, the depth is the major point. Another problem is just that it's it is really hard to estimate exactly how bad the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, the earliest accounts had it just being a few thousand barrels of oil a day, which, when I say just a few thousand. A barrel of oil is 42 gallons of oil. It's, it's right. a lot of oil. Uh, but the worst-case scenario documents suggested that it could be as bad as 100,000 barrels of oil a day. So clearly this, is a, this could be an enormous issue. Um, and as we're recording this podcast, there, there are high hopes that the, uh, the replacement wellhead is going to cap it uh, t- to the point where, where we can actually address the issue more thoroughly. Um, we'll have to wait and see if it works. Uh, but we're hoping because the other uh, uh, predictions for this said that the earliest we would be able to really address the problem would be August. And it's it's July of 2010 as we record this. So um, considering that the initial event happened back in April, that's that's bad news. That's a lot of oil. Well, they are, um, BP is still working on uh, drilling relief wells yeah. as we speak. And um, although you might believe that they are there to relieve pressure, they're actually not. From what I understand from listening to uh, uh, an account on NPR, um, basically what they're going to do is try to intercept the well itself, the original well, and uh, shut it down from inside. Yeah. So that's the point. And, and the thing is, at this depth, as you were saying earlier, Jonathan, um, it's it's very complicated. They want to make sure that uh, they're, they're moving slowly because uh, they want to make sure that they don't do additional damage and hurt their chances of getting it taken care of sooner, uh, which I think was a source of frustration for a lot of people because they wanted it done and taken care of sooner rather than later. But they said, look, we've got to take the time. So it's yeah. uh, it's it's very challenging to drill these wells and make them work properly. And, and when uh, uh, accidents happen like this, um, mistakes happen, the thing is, fixing them is not a simple task either and relies on quite a bit of technology to make it work. Yep, yep. So I think we both found it, you know, Kind of fascinating the technology that they use to make it work at all. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating and sobering. Oh, uh, definitely uh, subject. So definitely. at any rate, uh, the, you know, the the idea behind it is still pretty simple: drilling a hole down till you get what sure. you need. But the the things that you need to make that work in a safe and controlled way are pretty impressive. Yeah, in practice, yeah, turns out <laughs> more complicated than you had originally imagined. 
Well, well that, that was a good discussion about yeah. oil drilling, um, and not not too terribly depressing. So good on us. Well, we were just trying to take it from the uh, the middle technical, ground, the right. technical aspect. This is how you do it. Right. You know. Not so, now. It's been on now that we've told you how to do it, here's the disclaimer: do, No, no one's going to go out there Try and build an oil rig. I mean, who could? We're going to get an email. Someone's going to be. I struck gold. <laughs> hey, now black gold, Texas tea. We could talk about that in the future too. The you know minerals and getting that out. I don't know. That sounds like stuff from the science lab to me. That Probably. sounds sciencey. Sciencey. It's like that. Like physics, numbers, and stuff. Physics and geology. They can take that. All right, guys. We are going to wrap this up. But if you have any questions or topic suggestions you would like us to tackle in the future, you can write us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.